I'm just going to summarize. So you're basically saying you're seeing two patients a day and you have to make a couple phone calls in the afternoon and there's no time for a nap and you're just drained at the end of the day. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jason Joe, a medical student from the University of Toronto. And I'm Dr. David Chu, a family doctor in Toronto, Ontario. And you're listening to What's, What's Up Docs, a podcast where we share stories about our lives in medicine. Welcome aboard. All right, welcome back to our show. Jason, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's been about a month since you started your clinical clerkship, the much hyped up uh, second half of medical school. How's it going? It's going great. I feel slightly useful now, and it's been a really good teaching experience and learning experience so far. Great. Why don't you fill people in on exactly what you've been doing? You, I, like I remember you said you were going to be on psychiatry. Yeah, so we really have uh, six weeks of psychiatry. Okay. So in the beginning, I was in uh, consultation liaison psychiatry, and now I'm on inpatient psychiatry. Why don't you give us a quick like description? What does that actually mean? Yeah, of course. So for the first three weeks, like we're consultation liaison, like we're a consult service. So when other medical teams throughout the hospital have a patient, maybe post-surgery, and that they present with some uh, psychiatric symptoms, mm -hmm. like they would ask us to come and help out right. versus the psychiatric inpatient unit is where the main reason that the patient is in the hospital is for some kind of psychiatric illness. Right. And we would sometimes consult other services to come help us out. Okay. So you, mostly you've been doing inpatient stuff. So people who are staying in the hospital overnight. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty much all inpatient stuff. So sounds like it would be a pretty eye-opening experience to see like psychiatric patients. Is there any nuggets of anything that you've seen that are worth telling? Uh, I think there's a lot of things that I've learned. Um, and you're right, like seeing inpatient psychiatry is very different because usually I would say I've never really been exposed to this kind of stuff um, in regular day life. Right. And usually I think people even talking with friends and family have this like movie slash like uh, story kind of uh, picture of what psychiatry is kind of like. And mm -hmm. so it was really nice to kind of just see it for what it is. Well, like now that you mention it that way, I'm trying to think of what in my head when people describe psychiatry and I'm thinking of the movie version. Yeah. The movie version is like a doctor sitting on a chair and then the patient lying on like a leather couch reading out his problems. And then the psychiatrist like takes some notes and every 10 minutes or so gives like a prompt to let the conversation keep going. Is that what you're seeing? Uh, no, that's more like outpatient psychiatry, right? And those are like more like uh, therapy-based techniques. I okay. think on the other side of the spectrum, it'd be like movies where you have, you know, people who get like put into like mental R hospitals and it'd be like a kind of like a thriller or even like a horror movie. Right. So, so now I'm now I'm imagining like someone just wearing a hospital gown and then doctors running after them trying to give them needles. Yeah, that doesn't really I don't think that really happens that often. So what what is it like? What what's the actual like inpatient unit like? You describe it like physically. It's this is because I've been there before. It's an unusual place that I think most people haven't seen. Well, it's very interesting because I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she thought that a lot of these inpatient mental hospitals are like somewhere secluded and that no one really finds. But, you know, this is like <laughs> at Toronto General Hospital. Right. And right. it looks pretty much the same structure as any other like inpatient unit, except that like we have a little bit more security features. OK. And that the doors are kind of uh, key card access. So then uh, patients are not um, patients are not able to leave voluntarily. Right. If they are deemed incapable. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Does that give you like a feeling of like unease when you go there? I mean, at first it kind of did, but at the same time, it's kind of also for the staff's safety and also for the patient's safety. Because right. a lot of times when patients um, have certain types of m- uh, mental illnesses, right, um, they would tend to harm themselves or harm others or not mm-hmm. be able to take care of themselves. And so I think overall it's just kind of what's a necessary uh, precaution and, and part of a step towards mm-hmm. ensuring people's safety. Right. Actually, it's interesting that your girlfriend had this idea that it would be set in some like secluded place. That actually comes up in a lot of movies too, right? Like you yeah. drive out to the countryside and there's like a like a mental health hospital. That's really not the way mental health care is done in in Toronto or in Canada anymore. I would even maybe in those cases I would even call it mental health care. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like very the very old ideas of like secluding different types of people, right? Right. Even like breaking down my own assumptions and stigma mm-hmm. towards mental health, I think has been uh, quite interesting. Okay. Why don't you fill me in on like what what's a typical day in the life of like a third year clerk like now? Like you get up in the morning, right? And you show up at work. Like what what's take us through a day in the life of Jason? I mean, thankfully. It's been decently predictable for now. So, you know, I usually have to get to work by nine o'clock. And once we get to work, like we would have morning rounds and then we would talk about our patients and kind of divide up the list of patients that we have to see, Mm -hmm. like between, you know, myself, other medical learners or residents or the staff. So you're on a team of people. So who's on the team? Like you, you're the lowest rung of the totem pole. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, you know, there goes me and then probably like, you know, some pens and papers and then... (laughs) Uh, you know, and then, uh, yeah, and then we have, like, um, sometimes we have, like, elective students, like, okay. fourth-year medical students. Sometimes we have, uh, more, most of the times we have residents and then, obviously, staff psychiatrists. So, how big is this team? Mm, I think it varies. I think there some sometimes in uh, CL psychiatry, we had about six people, and right okay. now we have about three people, including okay. myself. But there's, um, you know, in inpatient psychiatry, there's a lot of, like, allied health involved, like whether that's like social work, whether that's nursing, whether that's like physiotherapy. Um, so the team is actually quite big. Okay. So what happens after rounds? Like you get assigned some patients to see? Yeah. Yeah. Usually I get uh, assigned, you know, my list of patients, two or three patients, and I get to go see them. And then I write up a note and we discuss. And then, uh, yeah, and then we see what our plan is for the day. So what's the time frame of this? Like you have two or three patients, like you should be done in like 15 minutes or something? <laughs> no, I, I would say... Well, it actually takes quite a bit of time <laughs> to see uh, patients. And okay. perhaps it's a combination of, of the field and combination of me just like starting out and right. and uh, trying to learn how to do a, do an okay job. Right. I would say I'd see patients maybe like on follow-up, maybe for like half an hour. Okay. And then I would probably like write the note up for like an hour. So it kind of takes actually a long time for myself personally. So we're, we're into lunchtime by the time you've saw these two people now. Yeah. And so I, you know, I might go down, I get, get some lunch and then I would come back up and, you know, I would maybe eat and, and also do my notes at the this same is time. It's pretty wonderful. The, like the, what happens when you don't have to work for money? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say like overall, it's like a really good balance of um, like learning, talking with patients and kind of like having your own schedule or your own time to do it. Okay, so you interview the patient, you take your notes. Mm -hmm. Now you've made an assessment. What happens? Like the staff will reconvene with you like in the afternoon to go over things? Yeah, so then we would have like afternoon rounds. And I think the word rounds in the medicine is like really strange because we use round and we just throw it around for everything, you know? (laughs) 
you round in the morning, you round on your patients, there's grand rounds, and here's a round table. Like, <laughs> there's rounds everywhere. Right. So you're rounding again in the afternoon. But right. like, I think in the old days, or the way I use that word is, you know, you, you round on the people on the floor. So as a team, you all go see these people together. Do you do that? We only do that if uh, it's a new patient. Okay. And so then everyone on the team kind of like goes and sees together. Patient. It's the sounds, that it, I, I'm detecting that there's a lot of downtime in your schedule. No, I actually it's really varied like i i feel like there's a lot of like little things here or there and there's time just kind of goes by like sometimes you have to call a family member sometimes another doctor sometimes okay. you have to like arrange this or arrange that and so eventually the whole day a lot of work you got to do i would say like a lot of little things mm-hmm. i like didn't really expect right tell me something interesting that you've learned i think something really interesting i learned is more about myself mm-hmm. and kind of like how I thought I was going to react in clerkship and maybe like how I actually reacted. Okay. Okay. So what were you expecting this to be like? I mean, I, I knew what it, you know what I mean? Like you, you're <laughs> mentally prepared for it. It's kind of like going and out and like, r- like running for like a marathon or something. It's right. like, you've read the books. Like you're like, yeah, the videos. Yeah. You're you like, know yeah, you're ready. Yeah. Like you see people. Yeah. Like, you know, we're all born to run. So like, why? Yeah. Let's go out and run. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, it, you know what I mean? Like, but as you're running, you're like, wow, like, can I just take a break? Like, <laughs> Um, and I found like that very interesting because during uh, the pre-clerkship years of the first two years of medical school, like if you wanted to go home and take a nap during the day, you could. Like <laughs> if you, you know, wanted to watch lectures online or do things at your own pace, right. like you could. Um, but, you know, obviously in a hospital setting, and this might sound weird to everyone who has a full-time job, like obviously you can't just work on your own <laughs> schedule. You know, why are you so... Um, I think that just took a little bit of time to get adjusted to mm. where you feel like you have to really pay a lot of like emotional and intellectual kind of energy to the job. Right. And you have to be like focus for like eight hours a day. And that's really draining. Uh, when I come home at night, I just like want to like be a couch potato <laughs> and do nothing. <laughs> so I'm just going to summarize. So you're basically saying you're seeing two patients a day and you have to make a couple phone calls in the afternoon and there's no time for a nap and you're just drained at the end of the day. Well, if you make it sound <laughs> like that, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it like I'm I'm being facetious, but it I I remember doing this kind of rotation and starting off this change of lifestyle thing and it is difficult. Like like we make fun of it and you know, you're seeing a couple of patients a day, but everything's new like you think back to a period of your life where you're doing something that you've never done before and it's just draining it that that part will get better as you get more into it you'll be able to see more people more oh patients. yeah I, I i really hope so because there's days i mean the weird thing about being in clerkship sometimes is like you have to study when you go home there's always a test at the end of the six weeks right right, right. and I, I found myself like really struggling to try to study during the beginning because <laughs> i'd be super drained right i'm gonna point out that generally in medical school psychiatry is considered to be one of the easier clerkship rotations like when it comes to having to study after hours when people are on medicine or surgery it's a lot more difficult oh yeah like <laughs> we had we actually had a session where uh and listening to some of my classmates who are doing medicine and surgery, it seems like they're having it a lot worse than I am in terms of workload and, right. and, and like expectation management. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, why don't we, why don't I, why don't I tell you a little bit about my experience doing clerkship sure. and doing psychiatry clerkship in particular? Cause I was thinking about what we would talk about today. And then I started to think back to this, these rotations I did like 
15 years ago. Mm. And I haven't talked about this stuff in like a million years, but some of the stuff you were mentioning just now brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. I think that the thing is most of us don't really encounter like serious psychiatric illness in our life on a, on a regular basis. We might, we might know of a case or, you know, there'll be a, someone that we know of in our life, like one or two people. Right. But when you do this rotation, all of these patients and all of these mental illnesses, they all come together in the same place and you see a whole bunch of it. Mm -hmm. And it's really intense, right? You see people with delusions, they're hallucinating, they're in withdrawal from like addictive substances. Like it's a very like intense experience. It's a little bit different than the rest of medical school in the sense that it's kind of a scary experience for lack oh, of a better word, because okay. a lot of those things you see are kind of inherently frightening, right? Like you, I've never seen people delusional before or super angry that they might they might punch the doctor but when you're on psychiatry as an inpatient you see this stuff like all the time and like you said there's always these safety concerns right like are people going to break out of the out of the ward is the ward securely locked mm -hmm. and it that i found was the most interesting part of it is just that it's actually a scary experience to go through as a student and you get comfortable with it over time but when you're really green like i found that to be really really unusual in the rest of medicine, like, you know, most of us can sort of imagine, you know, okay, if I, if I become a heart failure patient or I'm a heart attack patient or, you know, you know, even a cancer patient, like we have some basis in our regular life to measure what that's like. Like we might have seen, you know, our grandparents get old or we've seen people in our families get sick. But when you're seeing like some of these more unusual mental illnesses, there's no real comparison you can make to it a lot of the time. And then I was always struck by this feeling like, what if I get this illness? Oh, yeah. Right? Because a lot of the people were relatively well, right? Mm -hmm. They're well, and then they get to 18, 19, and suddenly they have a psychotic break. And then you start feeling like this stuff can just happen to anyone. Like these things aren't things that people have done to themselves or they didn't take care of their bodies and it happened. It just happened for reasons that medicine and science can't even explain, yeah. which gets even wackier. And then I just found it to be a very frightening experience overall. And even now, like I'm a parent and in the back of my head, having done these rotations, there's always this fear. Like, you know, you don't want anyone in your family or your children. What if they get these symptoms, mm. right? It's, it's, it's very difficult. And I think seeing it is a really good thing when you're training because it helps you understand like the breadth of medicine. You know, do you feel like that fear also contributes to a lot of stigma towards mental health in general? I think so. I mean, we all know that in general, mental health illness or mental illness is not easily accepted by people, mm -hmm. right? Like, like, and that, that happens in all realms of life, right? Like, I mean, we come from like Chinese culture and Asian cultures in general are notorious for being very like ununderstanding when it comes to mental illness, mm -hmm. right? But I think that is true of most cultures, right? Because these illnesses are, are very frightening to people. Mm -hmm. I think as you experience it as a physician and you start to interact with the patients and you under, start to understand that it's an illness, the fear, some of it's still there, to be honest, but some of it subsides, right? right? Because you start to realize this is an illness. It's an illness like many other illnesses out there, but it just happens in a way that is not what we expect when we think of the word illness or disease. No, absolutely. Even if you, as you're mentioning that, it kind of got me thinking about a topic that we were discussing amongst um, like my classmates. It's kind of heartbreaking in the sense that, uh, you know, if you have someone, a family member who, you know, has a, you know, a cancer diagnosis, right? You'll often see 
a lot of people and visitors and families and friends visit. Mm-hmm. Um, however, especially for these psychiatric illnesses, right, and the people who are in the hospital, you often find that they have a little bit of less kind of visitors, mm-hmm. and that kind of like stigma within the family and, and perhaps like not telling the friends so that they can visit as well is i guess an indication of like how much more work that we need to do to kind of like like educate and also you know destigmatize mental health because you're right like a lot of people are scared of it and there are things that are okay to be scared about and there are other things that are just fear because you don't know about it mm-hmm. and it's important to kind of differentiate that and right. i think you know, I'm trying to do that myself too. Right. It's a part of the learning process, I think. Mm-hmm. So you've noticed that yourself, like on the wards, that there aren't too many visitors or guests coming in to check on their on these patients? Um, like you'll notice um, a wide variety. And I guess this is the same for everything else. Mm-hmm. And maybe because of the exposure that I've had, I mean, this is a little bit of a aside, but in Toronto, I found that there's a lot of times where I'm with a preceptor and they're like, hey, Jason, like this is so rare. You're only ever going to see this (laughs) once in your life. Or like of my 20 years practicing, like I've never seen this. But it's people always say that. I'm like, well, you just got to accept that like you're going to see a lot of rare things. Can you give an example of something that's rare without breaking any rules here? I don't think I would know on the top of my head. But I know that it like it comes up like quite often in that sense. Okay. Um. So because we're in the psychiatric unit for only maybe three weeks, there are some times where, you know, we'll see a lot of people who are depressed or a lot of people who have um, schizophrenia. You only get a snapshot of the field, right? Mm-hmm. And so so what I was trying to say, yeah, like there's not as many visitors. And also I think for in psychiatry too, at least what I've seen, is there's a lot of like social elements that come into it. Um, you know, some people have a very traumatic history, um, they're using substances, you know, they might be homeless or mm-hmm. have unstable housing. And so these things all kind of compound together. So maybe that's why there's not many people who are visiting because of social issues. Mm-hmm. In general, a lot of them probably have very difficult circumstances and their illnesses make those circumstances worse. Mm-hmm. And so now you're about one month through, you have two more weeks left of psychiatry, what are the things that you have enjoyed on this rotation? Like, what, what have you liked about it? Well, I think I really fundamentally enjoy the topics. I think learning about psychiatry, about depression or anxiety, about like, it just feels like you're learning about people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way to sum it up, at least for me, I felt that every time I was learning or even talking to a patient, somehow I was like learning a little bit about myself. <laughs> Um, And like just a little bit more about life and and like just just all the different things um, that a person can be. Like what? Give me an example of something you've learned about yourself. Well. Take your time. No rush. I think that's okay. You can't say you learn stuff, but don't tell us what it is. Fair. (laughs) Yeah. So I think one of it is I think I exist in a more anxious kind of state. And so when I ask patients and counsel patients and learn about their kind of anxiety and how it's affected their life and how mm. they've kind of like dealt with it, it gives more perspective to to a little bit about how I feel and, mm-hmm. and maybe my life as well. I think that's quite interesting. And you don't really, you perhaps may not get that in every um, aspect of medicine. Well, that's fair. 
do you find that you're self-diagnosing yourself with stuff? Oh yeah, all the time. Every time <laughs> I like, we learn about something, I'm like, wait a minute. I think I like fulfill like half these criteria. <laughs> and I think a lot of my classmates are like, yeah, like we kind of all fulfill this criteria. <laughs> well, that's a common medical school thing. Like, yeah. like as you go through each rotation, you're going to self-diagnose yourself with a lot of different illnesses. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense, it was kind of scary. You're asking people about like mood and anxiety and maybe like right. you know, all these kind of beliefs and stuff. And then you're like, wait, I think I have <laughs> quite a few of them. In the back of your mind, you're not really listening. You're like trying to put your own childhood together. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, and the other things that I quite liked about this rotation was um, the people I've interacted with, um, the team was been has been really, really kind. Mm. And the patients themselves are actually quite pleasant to talk to. Right. Um, right. Sometimes we have this idea that, you know, like we were talking that it's like a scary thing and all that. Mm-hmm. But really, at the end of the day, they're people, right? And human beings. And as we get to know them, it helps build our ability to like relate and be empathetic. Yeah. So I remember you were saying that uh, you were interested in psychiatry <laughs> at a at a certain point, and you know maybe you can tell us about a little bit about that, and you know how that journey was, and how it plays into your current practice. Well, I mean, it goes back to some of the stuff we talked about in the earlier episodes. Like I was kind of down on medicine as a whole, so there was a period of time where I thought, okay, I could I could do psychiatry because that's not medicine; that's like a separate thing, right? And, and that's part of the stigma that the psychiatry profession has had for many years is they're trying to establish that, you know, credibility within the medical field. But a lot of doctors or a lot of medical professionals kind of think of it as a separate thing. And they're really trying to move away from that. But anyways, that was my rationale at the time. I was kind of anti-establishment and, you know, maybe let's do something that's totally different and make my parents really annoyed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, And I spent some time doing some rotations, shadowed a doctor, after a while, I, I felt like it wasn't really the thing to do for me. Like, I'm still really interested in mental health. And after, even as a resident and then practicing now, like, I'll still sometimes see people for counseling and therapy. But the meat and potatoes of, like, becoming a full-time psychiatrist, like, seeing the severely mentally ill patient, like, that, to me, was such a draining process, like, for me mentally, that I couldn't do it. But I think people who are able to do it, it's 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 pretty remarkable because it's not an easy job at all, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that speaks to a lot of these fields in medicine, right? Like you have to find one that you're comfortable with. You know, you might like certain aspects of it, but certain aspects of it might not suit you. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult job. And some of the psychiatrists that I've asked to, and maybe this is like a common misperception where people think that if they have psychiatrists who are friends or if you become a psychiatrist, like they'll be secretly kind of trying to figure out if you have some underlying mental illnesses and stuff. And I think a lot of people I've talked to is that, you know, once they go home, like they kind of turn that side of them (laughs) off. Right. I think it's also very, like very emotionally draining Mm -hmm. to be kind of being so wrapped up in someone else's story and and trying to like expend the emotional energy to understand someone. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of respect um, for psychiatry and psychiatrists. And it's a very, it's, it'd be a very interesting field for me to explore further as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I think one last thought is it just strikes me like being a family doctor now in Toronto is that there's still so many gaps in the healthcare system, specifically in the mental health area. Like, like I find like for my patients when, when they really need like mental health acts, healthcare access, 
it's not that readily available. It's a very frustrating thing. And I've talked to, you know, other doctors about it too. There just aren't enough psychiatrists out there doing this job. And the demand is so great. Like I think our society, you know, people are stressed out. There's a lot of anxious, depressed people. There's a lot of other mental illnesses floating around. And yeah, a lot of respect for the people who do the job. And, you know, hopefully those gaps start to get filled in the years to come. Yeah. And I think to summarize a little bit, the this past month of clerkship has been super exciting for me. <laughs> and I think exhausting. It's, by I think, the and of it. extremely exhausting. I mean, there was also like little things and little bumps along the road mm-hmm. uh, that were kind of just silly, but also very stressful in, right. in some senses. I mean, becoming a clerk is not just about the medicine. A lot of times it's about the little logistical things that come with it. Right. I mean, even if we know how to take a patient history, like we're not really even necessarily aware of where to even get the paper to do so or who to talk to afterwards or how to order something or who to call or like how to even use the phone. And I think when you first kind of start, you're trying to balance the medicine and all these little logistical things. And that kind of took a lot of mental effort too. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think if, you, if I took a step back and say, and take a look at you know the past month, I think it's been very rewarding so far and very excited to kind of continue on uh, my last two weeks and then go into family medicine for the next six weeks well if it makes you feel any better the next couple weeks when you start a new rotation you're going to start looking for paper and pens somewhere else again and learn another phone system and a computer system exactly absolutely everyone's got all these different kinds of systems yeah Yeah. all right on that note we'll see you in a month we'll see you in a month